0: I think we all have certain metaphors, certain pictures of God that we live out of. And how we picture God is very important. It influences how we relate to God. And so it's important that our picture of God is, is accurate and calls forth trust. There's that little kid song we, we learned Uh, Trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. And how true that is. How true that is. Why would we trust and obey Jesus? Because we believe he's trustworthy. We believe that we are safe in his care, that he'll take care of us. And if we give our lives to him, he won't lead us astray, he'll lead us to good pasture. And so, today, we're looking at Jesus' statement, I am the good shepherd. And God wants us to to embrace that picture of him and understand ourselves as sheep who can just joyfully and uh, follow the good shepherd and and know that he will lead us into good pasture. He's going to take care of us. We'll be safe in his care, happy and prosperous healthy. Now, there are a lot of bad pictures of uh, that people have of God, and they live out of them. So, you know, some people might think of God as the cosmic cop. He's pointing the moral radar your way, and he's just waiting to catch you in some kind of an infraction so we can bring down the big boom, right? He's a, he's a killjoy. And And he is just there to enforce the rules. And think of how that, if that's your kind of gut picture of God, and and, and you relate to God out of that, that's going to affect your relationship. Somebody else might think of God as co-pilot. God's my buddy. He's the co-pilot. His job is to help me get where I'm trying to go. But I'm still... Behind the controls, right? I have a plan for my life, and I turn to God when I need help executing my plan. And if, if that's the way you view God, He's the you know, the cosmic vending machine, you'll relate to God a certain way. Other people view God as a disapproving parent who can just never quite be pleased. Their standards are too high. And so, you know, if I think of God that way, then I'm assuming that God has a general frown in my direction. He's just disapproving of me. He's unhappy with me. And how, how, how is that going to affect the way I relate to God? Or maybe it's the watchmaker God, right? Yes, I believe God created the universe, and he created me, and, and I... I, I my life depends on his will, but he doesn 't really care about me individually i mean i 'm one of billions of people. How I live my life is irrelevant to the the watchmaker god he's he 's so vast and out there somewhere what I do can 't really matter to him. A lot of people have that view of God, so how we picture God uh, has a huge Influence on how we relate to God. And so, what what Jesus wants us to grasp today is a picture of Him as a good shepherd, and we as His sheep who can just follow Him and be confident that we'll be safe in His care. Turn in your Bibles, please, to John chapter 10. We are continuing with this section. We started last week. Last week, we looked at I am the gate. By the way, in review, if you miss any of the sermons, you can catch up online, clearwater.church. We have, uh, in this series, seen Jesus say, I am the bread of life. Uh, God has provided nourishment for our soul in Jesus. And if we want our soul to be uh, healthy, then we need to feed on Jesus every day. We saw, I am the light of the world, and when you turn a light on, all of a sudden, everything in the room is revealed. Jesus reveals God to us, and so if we want to know who God is and what he wants from us, then listen to Jesus' teaching, uh, look at Jesus' example, and you will know God. Last week, we saw, I am the door of the sheep. If you want access to God and all that God has for you, you must go through the Jesus door. Right, No one else. He's the way, the truth, the life. No one comes to the Father except through me, Jesus says. And then today, I am the good shepherd, which is all about God's care for us and thus uh, why we can entrust ourselves fully to his leadership. So we're picking up John chapter 10, and we're going to start in verse 10 and go through verse 18. But let me read the first couple of verses. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they, the sheep, may have life and have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd, who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he's a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I care for the sheep. The sheep are my own. I've tied my, my well-being to the well-being of the sheep. And if a sheep is hurt, then I hurt. If a sheep is lost, I feel lost. And so I will, go, I will lay my life down for the sheep. That's how important they are to me. Jesus contrasts himself with the thief who comes only to kill, steal, and destroy. And unfortunately, the people of God have suffered under some bad shepherds. In fact, over in Ezekiel, uh, we read about some of these shepherds. Of course, Jesus is talking about people. Uh, He's not talking about actual sheep, right, and actual shepherds. Here he's here he is uh, speaking about uh, the religious leaders and political leaders, some of them in, uh, uh, over Israel, the people of God. Ezekiel 34, The word of the Lord came to me, says the prophet Ezekiel. Son of man, prophesy against the shepherds of Israel. Prophesy and say to them, even to the shepherds, Thus says the Lord God, Ah, shepherds of Israel who have been feeding yourselves, Should not shepherds feed the sheep? You eat the fat. You clothe yourselves with the wool. You slaughter the fat ones, but you do not feed the sheep. The weak you have not strengthened. The sick you have not healed. The injured you have not bound up. The strayed you have not brought back. The lost you have not sought. And with force and harshness you have ruled them. So God is angry at the shepherds of Israel because they're they're bad shepherds. They're using the sheep. They're taking advantage of the sheep. They're not taking care of the sheep. And so Jesus says, I'm a good shepherd. The things that these bad shepherds were failing to do, that's what I will do. Jesus comes not to be served, but to serve. Jesus cares about the sheep. He is the good shepherd. He also contrasts himself with the hired hand. Now, the hired hand's not trying to take advantage of the sheep, uh, but the the hired hand has limits to what he's willing to do on behalf of the sheep, right? When the wolf comes, the hired hand says, I'm out of (laughs) here. I'm out of here. I'm in it for the paycheck, and I'm not going to risk my life for these sheep. I don't own these sheep. He doesn't care about the sheep. And Jesus says, I don't run. I will not abandon you. There are not limits to what I will do for you. There aren't limits to my care. In fact, I lay my life down for the sheep. And so I have an affirmation statement about this truth we find here. And here it is. I'm going to read it. And then if you agree with it, I'll read it a second time and you can say it with me. Jesus cares for me. He will never take advantage of me. And his care has no limits. Now before we before we read that together, do you really believe that? Well, it's what Jesus says about himself. So it's the truth. But sometimes we need to let the truth correct our thinking and correct our, our feelings. So maybe right now as you, re, as you affirm this truth, you need to let this truth correct. Let's say that one line at a time. Jesus cares for me. Say that with me. Jesus cares for me. Feel that. He'll never take advantage of me. He'll never take advantage of me. Glorious truth in the Bible is that God does not need us. God has no need. There is nothing God needs from you. So He doesn't need to use you. He doesn't need to take advantage of you. He's in this relationship because he's good. He's the good shepherd. And his care has no limits. Say that with me. And his care has no limits. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Verse 14, I am the good shepherd. I know my own, and my own know me. Just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. Jesus has a personal relationship with his sheep, an intimate relationship with his sheep, and an eternal relationship with the sheep. I know my own. Jesus claims you as his own. That's my boy. That's my girl. They belong to me. And that's uh, that claim comes out of complete knowledge of who we are with all of our flaws all of our failures all of our lack of transformation in perfect knowledge of who we are down to the number of hairs on our head our name and yet he claims us as his own i know my own just as the father knows me and i know the father think about that relationship Jesus says, the relationship I have with the Christian is like the relationship I have with God the Father. Now, that's a pretty amazing statement. God the Father, God the Son, an eternal, perfect relationship, an intimate relationship, a personal relationship. I've got that with my sheep. This is not a, a distant, uncaring, watchmaker God at all. In fact, the Bible says that we are indwelt with the Spirit of Christ. Can't get much more intimate than that. First John chapter 4, verse 13. By this we know that we abide in Him and he in us, because he has given us his spirit. Jesus Christ has given us his spirit, who indwells us, and as a result, we abide in Christ, and Christ abides in us. The spirit of the living God comforts us, and teaches us, and counsels us, and encourages us, and strengthens us, and transforms us. It is a tremendously intimate relationship. And Christ's knowledge of us is complete. Our knowledge of Christ is not yet complete, but the Bible says now we know in part, but then we shall know as we are known. We will know fully. And so our relationship with Jesus is only going to deepen. Pretty awesome. So here's the affirmation statement for this. Jesus, I'm going to read it out first and then we'll read it together. Jesus knows me and claims me as his own. My relationship with Jesus is personal, intimate, and eternal. So we're going to say that together, but do you, do you feel that? Do you accept this? Jesus knows me. He claims me as his own. Jesus' relationship with me is personal, intimate, and eternal. Let's say that together. Jesus knows me and claims me as his own. My relationship with Jesus is personal, intimate, and eternal. Amen. Verse 16, And I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock and one shepherd. So the other sheep, not of this fold, are Gentiles. Uh, the He is speaking this to Jewish people. And by the way, remember, what we've learned is that, you know, of the Jewish people, some respond to his call and become his sheep. So they leave Judaism and they become Christians, followers of Jesus. And then the gospel goes out into the Gentile world. And the uh, book of Acts records the gospel beginning to go out to the Gentiles. And from the Gentiles many, many uh, respond to the voice of the shepherd and they become followers of Jesus Christ. And the end result is there is one flock made up of Jew and Gentile, and it's the church, right? There is only one church. Yeah, we have many, many denominations, but the church is made up of men and women of many different cultural backgrounds and skin colors and ages and and educational levels and all kinds of things who who have said it, when they hear the gospel, yes, that is true. I want in. I repent of my sins. I put my faith in Jesus and I make him leader of my life. He's now my shepherd. And and then there's there's one flock. And there's one shepherd. And it's Jesus. And so the elders in the church, the pastors, the leadership, where we the Bible talks about us as hired hands. We're under shepherds, right? He wants us to uh, have, care for the sheep the way he cares for the sheep, but make no mistake, he's the shepherd. He's the shepherd of, of, his, of his flock. Now, Jesus says, I, I gotta go, uh, I've got to go get those other sheep. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. And that's still going on. Right? It has for the last 2,000 years, Jesus has called to people. But he calls to people through the preaching of the gospel and through his people. Right. It is you and I, as we begin to tell people about what Jesus has done and the good news, they hear Jesus' voice in that and they respond. And so that's why Jesus gave us the great commission. Go into all the world, make disciples, baptizing in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And lo, I will be with you to the end of the age. Jesus is with us in that great mission. As he calls through us and through the preaching of the gospel, he calls his sheep. And this flock over the last 2,000 years has grown very large and includes millions of people. So we've seen that the good shepherd cares for his sheep, the good shepherd knows his sheep, and the third point we see here is the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Verse 17, for this reason the Father loves me, because I lay down my life that I may take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down, and I have authority to take it up again. This charge I have received from my father. Yes, the Romans killed Jesus at the request of the Jews. But they could not have done that had Jesus not allowed it. In the garden, he said, Look, I could call down uh, thousands of angels to rescue me, but I won't. Because I'm going willingly to my death. Because that's the Father's plan. See, God the Father comes up with the plan of salvation. Jesus executes it in obedience. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, although in the very form of God did not consider equality with God something to be grasped or clung to, but he humbled himself and became obedient, uh, even to death on the cross. So Jesus, I have authority to lay my life down. I have authority to take up again. You know, nobody is forcing me to go to the cross. Nobody is forcing me to lay my life down for the sheep. I do it freely of my own will. So, how much does the good shepherd care for us? You look at the cross. Right? He this much. Jesus cares for us. So much that he laid his life down willingly. Nobody took it from him. He, he, nobody twisted his arm. He walked into it, eyes wide open, and he chose that. Now it's very interesting that he says here, I lay down my life that I may take it up again. I have authority to lay it down. I have authority to take it up again. And uh, No one except Jesus has authority over life and death, but Jesus does. And uh, he was, God gave, the Father gave the Son the authority to lay his life down and the authority to take it up, of course, which is a reference to his resurrection. And he then has the authority to grant life to his followers. And so he, and he promises that, right? Those who follow me. I grant you eternal life. And we too will rise from the dead. That's what we celebrate on Easter, the great resurrection of the dead. So here is the affirmation statement uh, for this point. In obedience to the Father's plan, Jesus laid down his life to save me. How much does God love me? Look at the cross. So let's say that again, together. In obedience to the Father's plan, Jesus laid down his life to save me. How much does God love me? Look at the cross. And it's just, as, point, as way of reminder, uh, Jesus had to die so that we might live because that was the only way to deal with the problem of sin, right? We had sinned. The penalty of sin is death. And so Jesus died in our place to take that penalty off of us. He took it on his own back so that we might be reconciled with God and might live. And so the danger facing the sheep was the danger of sin and its consequence, death. And so Jesus took that on himself. Can I trust Jesus with my life? We have to answer that question. And if the answer is no, you're not going to be a sheep. If the answer is sometimes, but not always, you're not going to live a victorious Christian life. You're going to hold back. You, you will have limits to how far you're willing to go as a Christian. But if you come to embrace deep down this truth that Jesus is the good shepherd, he cares for me, he knows me, he lays his life down for me, I can follow him. And like King David, I can be confident that the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leaves me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. Either though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil, for thou art with me. They rod and they staff, they comfort me. Preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Lead me along paths of righteousness for your name's sake. right? And it, when that's not just here, but it's here, and we really believe that. Then and only then are we going to follow Jesus when it doesn't make sense to us. (laughs) Because the fact of the matter is, if we just saw a couple weeks ago, he'll, he'll push us in places where we go, that doesn't make sense to me. But we have come to believe that you're the Holy One and you have the words of eternal life. And where else can we go? Jesus is the good shepherd. May we really embrace that deep, deep down. Let's pray. God wants you, like David, to believe I am the good shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. So speak that to him. And if if you know that this is a correction, then just embrace that and say, God, I accept this correction. Change my heart. Help me to trust you more and live out of that trust. Do that right now. Amen.